So I have a question uh, for the kids who are with us, and really for the adults too, but I want to start with the kids. So I know some kids are doing artwork down there. That's awesome. But I have a question. When's your birthday? March 8th. Awesome. What about you over there? When's your birthday? March 4th, and I heard in October. Uh, what about you guys? Birthday? September 7th. Cool. All right. So an adult, how about you? When's your birthday? Yeah. I know. Sorry, I'm not asking for your age. Just like March 4th. March 4th. Cool. All right. And maybe like one or two like other birthdays. Just put a birthday out there. March. All right. Let me, let me just, okay. Let me get to the real question on my mind. Who has a birthday of December 25th? I mean, I mean, in this room, I heard a Jesus shout out over there, but I mean, but I mean, yes, in this room, anybody? Because that'd be a separate sermon I would do for you, like, whoop, kind of sidebar that. So no one, right, so that, that's, wow, isn't that interesting? No one has December 25th as their birthday. And so um, I guess that means Christmas isn't your birthday. Oh, shock and surprise. But you can't really tell this. From, I brought some ads in this morning. So I brought some ads in. You can't really tell that Christmas isn't all about you or your family or buying things and celebrating you because this was, this was crazy. Let me, so here's one that's like, there's still time for great gifts, right? And this one was crazy. After Christmas prices now. <laughs> I don't know. Like, go buy a bunch of stuff and save money and... Uh, last chance gift grabs, hurry in to save big on gifts for everyone on your list. Uh, only a few days left from this ad from Target. Um, this is just a small sampling of the Sunday gift ads, and I'm sure you've seen many on, on TV as well. So the ads and the hype around Christmas, it feels like maybe it should be our birthday, but unless we're born on Christmas, it's not really our birthday. It's the birthday of hope. Somebody said it was the birthday of Jesus. It's the birth of light and possibility in a time of darkness and uncertainty. Christmas can be about the joy we feel when we see a newborn child, ours or someone else's, and feel like maybe there's hope for the world. Maybe this child can be a redeemer in the world. Now, just because Christmas isn't your birthday doesn't mean there aren't a lot of really great things about this holiday and some great traditions and rituals. There certainly are, right? There are cookies and trees and lights and carols and eggnog and Santa Claus and presents and being together with family. Maybe some of you have an elf on the shelf that comes out for Christmas time. Who has an elf on the shelf? Some of you? Yeah. So an elf on the shelf. So in our family, the elf on the shelf is a real trickster and often hides and steals things and like scurries away and hides, you know, takes our favorite book we're reading. It's a lot of fun. A lot of mischief in our house. So Christmas is a good season, and there's a lot of good traditions around the holidays. But if we're not careful, it can be a time of, of too much, of too many gifts, of too much stuff, of too much focus on things instead of people and experiences. So two years ago, with that in the back of our mind, we invited this whole congregation to think about the holidays in a new way. And we said, as you approach the holidays, Cut back on your spending and what you save. We'll pool that together. We'll give it to Habitat for Humanity. And we did that. We built the house that love built. We raised money. We sponsored a home. And we built that home. 
And two years ago, I don't know about you, but for me, it was one of the best Christmases I've had. It wasn't because of what I got that Christmas, but it was because of what we gave together, what we were able to do together. It was an experience, a story that I will never forget. It wasn't anything fancy, it was just something real. And it helped us, as Conrad said in the call to worship, it helped us begin to tell a story of the world we want to live in, the world we want to be in. This year, Beacon Interfaith Housing Collaborative is our holiday giving recipient. Beacon is an organization committed to ending homelessness, and it's not just one family that we're going to help this year. Our gifts this year will help homeless youth and families, such as the families we hosted this past September and the Families Moving Forward program. We had five families in the church. We'll do this again in May for two weeks. We'll have families living in this building. Our gifts will provide seed money to help build a multi-unit complex called Great River Landing, a place for formerly incarcerated men to live and have a home and have the support they need to reintegrate into our community. We're not just providing home for one family this season. We're giving the gift of home to many. And one story to share with you. It's been remarkable to work with this holiday giving team, the team that's helped prepare for this day today, and to hear from some of the youth who have been on, who are on this team. There's four youth who are on this team. And to hear some of the conversations they have talked about wanting less for Christmas this year. Who needs another toy, one of them said. Something I'll play with once and then forget about, or it will break. Give me less this year, he essentially said, so that someone else can have a safe home, can have a spot to put up holiday lights or a little tree or a place to hang the stockings. It just reminds me that Christmas isn't our birthday. Christmas is about the birth of hope, the gift of hope, the gift of home. And when we give to Beacon, we are connecting to that much larger meaning of this day. So, how many of you were here yesterday for the pageant rehearsal? Parents, kids, participants, how many of you were here? I see those hands. It's an amazing experience. I have to tell you that our Christmas pageant, this part of our traditions here at First Universalist, is one of my favorite things that happens here. I love the way that chaos suddenly turns into wonder as our children and youth retell the ancient Christmas story, each with their own costume and their own part. I love the way that the shepherds sing about following the star, about the ways that the animals gather up here, their lizards and chickens and goats, their angels that zip by on rollerblades and then scooters, and amidst all of this lightness and joy and sometimes chaos, that old story is told again. The story of the unwed couple of Joseph and Mary forced by their government to travel a long way through difficult terrain with Mary pregnant and about to give birth. On the night of what would become known as Christmas Eve, they stop at every door, looking for a place to rest, looking for somewhere safe for Mary to give birth. It's at that point in the story that our youth make their way down that aisle 
There are two of them, Mary and Joseph. They're dressed in rags. They're our teens. And they come down that aisle right there, and they stop, and they turn to people in the pews, and they say, is there any room? Do you have any room? Is there somewhere for us to stay? And every year, every pageant, we tell them, no. No, there's no room for you to stay. There's no room here. As we retell the story, we tell the story of a person at a time turning away from people in need until finally it's almost as if the whole community has turned their back on them. Our youth walking down that aisle, an old story but a today story too. I'll tell you, every time I see it, every time that part of the story comes up, I want it to end differently. I want it to be different when our youth are coming down the aisle saying, is there any room? Is there a place for me in your heart? Is there a place for me to stay? I want this story to be different. I long for a day when this story doesn't take hold in my heart in the same way because my hope is that one day we'll look back and say this story, it doesn't resonate with us anymore because we don't do that anymore. That's not the story of who we are and what our world is. No, we have a world of love and justice and belonging where the answer is always yes. That's what I want for our world. That's what I want for our community when one by one, the answer is yes. Yes, there is room. There is room in my heart. There is room in my home for homeless youth and young adults, for families who are coming out of shelter seeking stable housing, for men who have been in prison and who are now seeking to build a new way. Yes, there is room. There is room in our hearts. So my hope is that we will change the story today, that we will change the story today and every day, that when we see and hear this story of Mary and Joseph, of refugees seeking home, of people telling the truth, of the most vulnerable among us asking to be seen and heard, that we will say, yes, yes, there is room for you, room to see you and hear you and know that you are valuable. There is room in our community. We will make things safe. There is light in your heart. So today, we have a part to play in changing this story, as we do every day. Today, we have a story to change and magic to work. We have offerings to give. So I know you either received prior to this day or this day, this red envelope as you came in. This is a place for us to put our financial gifts, our money if you have it to share, to share with Beacon Interfaith Housing Collaborative that our money might be a gift to homeless youth and young adults, to families in search of safety and stability, to men who have been in prison and who are looking to build a new way, a new future. So as you fill these envelopes, if you can, with your financial gifts, I want you to know, too, that your money is not all that we need today and every day to change this story. I hope that you will hold your envelope in your hands. And whether you are able to fill it to bursting or you must leave it empty this season, 
I hope you will put into it your hopes, your hopes for this community, your hopes for a world where the story is different, where there is room, when instead of no, we say yes. Let the love and hope you feel in your heart be a blessing and put that in your envelope too. And now we will gather our gifts together. The ushers will invite you to come forward one row at a time. Folks will come down the outside rows. They'll be, the ministers will be standing there with baskets to receive your red envelopes. Come on down the outside and then back up the center aisles. You want to write your check to First Universalist Church. Thank you. <laughs> and put Holiday Gift or Beacon Interfaith Housing Collaborative in the memo line. Everything that gets collected today will go towards Beacon Interfaith Housing Collaborative. So like I said, the ushers will cue you in and direct you. You'll come forward row by row down the outside aisles and then back up the center. In the balcony, there's somebody up there with a basket, so don't worry. You won't be left out of this process. We hope this is a time of joy for you as you come forward with your family, if you're able, with your friends, with this community to change the story. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>